You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston, episode number 16. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now your host, Jody Livingston. Well, hey, hey, everybody. We're tuning in and listening today, wherever you happen to be and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Thanks for coming over. And if you're coming back, well, thanks for coming back. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at, at Jody Livingston and over on the Facebook at The Longer Hall. Of course, all of the links and resources mentioned in today's episode you can find at thelongerhall.com slash episode 016. That's thelongerhall.com slash episode 016. Six. Today's guest is Terry Huey. He is a veteran youth pastor, youth worker, who has some pretty substantial longevity in his position he is in now, brings a ton of wisdom to the show today, and we are talking specifically around the idea of building community among your leaders. Now, if you listen to episode 12, you heard Matthew Hart speak, and we talked in that episode about things that youth leaders need from their youth pastors. Now, if you've not heard that episode, not listened to that interview, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that. It was so good. Matthew has been a youth ministry veteran for years and years there, and that episode has served as a youth pastor and was laid off a few years ago and has been serving as a volunteer youth leader now on the other side. So he brings a great perspective in that episode. And one of the things that came up in that episode was this idea of kind of community and doing life together. So today I've got Terry Huey on to talk about that. Terry does a better job of building community among his leaders than anybody I know. He does a great, great job for that. And man, he drops some serious wisdom for you in today's episode. So you're going to have tons of actionable stuff, a lot of hopefully really thought-provoking things, especially um, you know who you bring onto the team. And once they're there... How do you how do you go about doing that? He shares a little bit about how he how he recruits. He shares a little bit about the commitment he asks his folks for, and how all of that plays in together to the community that he is able to create has been able to create. And then he gives this he gives a key component to the success of what has allowed him to build community. And I ask him the question, really, just feasibly, how long did it take for him to do that? And so you'll want to hear his answer on that. Really, really, really good. Uh, I want to tell you about something before we jump in that is going on right now. Two things, actually. One that's going on on the blog at thelongerhall.com and one that's going on here with the podcast. I'm doing two giveaways right now. So you've got two chances to win two separate prizes. And so I want to kind of tell you what those are and tell you how you can enter to win because uh, I want you to win them. Okay, so on the blog right now, you can go to thelongerhall.com slash giveaway there and you can register for uh, the giveaway there. And so I'm giving away several books that I love dearly that are, are have been really important and valuable for my ministry. Uh, a lot of those you've, or some of those you've heard me recommend here on the podcast and on the blog. So you're getting several books, a moleskin journal. I'm a moleskin junkie uh, there that's kind of uh, customized on the front that says uh, youth ministry is real ministry. And then Terry, in today's interview, actually Terry on the side uh, does some woodwork. He's got a lathe, so he turns wood 
and he does a beautiful, beautiful job on some stuff, and he's donated up a, a nice custom pen and pencil to go with that as well. So the books, the journal, the pen and pencil, super, super sweet deal. And so you can go to thelongerhaul.com slash giveaway to enter that and uh, and find the details there on even how to earn more entries for that. That contest will run a week. So if you're listening to this, the day it came out, like today, okay, that would be Thursday, April 23rd, 2015. So you've got a week to go and enter. I would do it right now, and then you can uh, earn more entries throughout the week, and then we'll announce the winner. I'll let the winner know um, next week on that. The second giveaway is the giveaway through the podcast, okay? So here's how that's going to work. You can go to thelongerhall.com slash podcast giveaway, okay? So for the blog giveaway, it's thelongerhall.com slash giveaway. For the podcast giveaway, it's thelongerhall.com slash podcast giveaway. And this giveaway, I'm going to run for three weeks. All that is on that post there at thelongerhall.com slash podcast giveaway, okay? And then at the end of three weeks, we'll announce the winner on that. And the prize for that is going to be a $100 Amazon gift card. And we'll notify the winner there after three weeks. So two cool giveaways, hopefully, uh, as the summer starts, gives you some reading uh, to do over the summer because you don't have anything else going on. Uh, but if you're like me, you're on buses and in vans and at camps and mission trips and stuff. So books are always a welcome sight for me in the summer. And, uh, and then the Amazon gift card. You can buy books or whatever else might be of use for you there. So two contests, two giveaways, two chances to win. Uh, man, go for it. Uh, I, hope, I hope you win. Okay. So, hey, with all that said, uh, and again, all the links for that will be in the show notes. So if you're sitting here listening to this, you're going, oh my gosh, I can't remember all that. Just, just head to the longerhall.com slash episode 016. All the links for both of those giveaways, as well as the things mentioned, the resources mentioned at the end of the episode um, here will be, will be in there. And we do talk a little bit about the giveaway again at the end of the episode and some information even on Terry and how you can see his cool woodwork that he does. It's pretty amazing. So you want to stick around for that. And of course he gives a couple of resources there, just like we always do um, at the end there. So with all of that said, let's jump in here to the interview about building community and your leaders with Terry Huey. Well, hey, Terry, thanks for coming on the show, man. I'm excited to have you on here today and excited for what we're going to talk about, especially. And um, I can't think of really anybody else more qualified to kind of help us with this than you. So thanks for coming on and being here. You bet. Take a second, if you will, and just to introduce yourself to folks who don't know you, maybe give a little bit of your journey into student ministry thus far. And then, uh, then we'll jump in to our topic from there. Okay. Uh, well, my name's Terry Huey. My, I'm in my ninth year of ministry here at Wildwood. Um, the cool thing is, is I actually grew up at this church and um, uh, at, went here as a youth and then uh, went away to college, came back as a, as a married guy, and we attended here, was served here part-time um, for a few years, and then actually went into my first full-time ministry position in Birmingham. But then after that, um, was fortunate enough to be called back here, cover now sixth through 12th grade, uh, as well as college. Well, I'm excited. We had, uh, back in episode 12, uh, we had Matthew Hart on 
and talked about things that youth leaders needed from their youth pastors. And one of the things that came up in that interview and conversation that we had was this need for community within the youth ministry team. And I am a big advocate for building a team. And I think it's one of the things mm-hmm. that needs to happen really and right out of the gate, work hard to build the team and use them to their fullest potential. And the idea of community among that group sounds really good. And I think everybody listening would say, oh, yeah, man, I want community in my mm-hmm. in my team, too. But it's it's not really easy to achieve. No. Just because you serve in the same department and serve together doesn't necessarily mean you have that sense of community. And man, I know because I've seen your ministry, we've done a lot of stuff together, mm-hmm. that you're the champ of that. So I'm excited to have you talk about that um, and just kind of, I'm excited to learn uh, a little on that and how, how do we go about doing that. So if you were going to give some just kind of overarching principles on here's some things to be mindful of, and you can probably give, you can give some practical examples as well. Mm-hmm. Um, those listening are, are all gamuts of student ministry from bivocational to volunteer, um, smaller churches, larger churches. So the, the principles mm-hmm. certainly will, will reach everybody, but some practical examples would be great as well. Okay. And it just give us a few principles there and guiding principles when it comes to building community. What are, what are some things that are important to keep in mind? You know, I think the first, first and foremost that I have found is, um, is that you have to know your people. Um, and in knowing your people, that what that does is that allows you to kind of understand who they are, what they're about. Um, so you have to know who is on your team. So um, I'm pretty strict um, and have become more strict. And that's a terrible word to use, but more strict with um, the people that I allow onto the student ministry team. Um, I. Um, I really check as I'm talking with people, communicating with them, if they express interest uh, in being a part as far as a, a teaching position. Um, what we have is on our Sunday mornings. Um, we have people who teach what we call fusion. It's our Sunday morning Sunday school, uh, just a fancy name. Um, those people, um, when I have those folks come in, I want to make sure that they're going to gel with the team that I already have in place. So if I interview somebody, if I'm talking with somebody and I just don't think that they're going to gel, that they're going to connect with the people that I already have, then I may direct them towards a different ministry or I may, you know, see if they can fit in in a different way within the student ministry, Um, which is not always an easy thing to do because, you know, when you start telling people you, you know, you need help within the student ministry, you need new leaders, those kinds of things, if all of a sudden they're not doing what they had in their mind as being part of the student ministry or being a student ministry leader, it can get a little touchy. Yeah, so, I can imagine. Yeah, it's very tricky. So knowing knowing your people, knowing what makes them tick, um, having that, that sense of community um, so that everybody kind of gels together. We do have a very strong uh, team. I tell our ladies all the time, I've probably got some of the strongest um, personalities um, um, just within my ministry, which has its own challenges. Um, sure. but I'm very upfront with them about that. And I know that, um, and they know that. So, but it, but it builds strong students as well. Having strong women, our men, 
very much so. I'm very confident in all of our men and their ability to lead uh, as well. Um, so uh, knowing your people and knowing the people that you're bringing in as part of the student ministry. Yeah, I think that's so good. And, and you know, I, I talk a lot to youth pastors about building that team and, and recruiting the right people and how to go about that. And I think oftentimes we find ourselves just kind of standing up before the church saying, oh, we desperately need youth workers, or mm-hmm. you're putting something in your bulletin or, or whatever you call mm-hmm. that at your church. And you, you, I always tell guys, man, don't do that. You, right. If you do that, you get wackos. Yep. Like absolutely. You, <laughs> you just don't ever get the right the right people that you want. And I I think too, man, I love what you said about making sure that they fit that yeah. with with the other leaders because I think that's something that we often overlook and do not take into account at all. Right. And I, I think a lot of times we're thinking this person would be great with our ninth grade guys. Right. Or they would do, they would be phenomenal with our high school girls, or they would be, right. you know, and we're thinking about how that person would fit and relate to our students. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many, how often we really stop and think of how they'll relate to the other leaders we already have. Exactly. And that's, that's, so how do you find those folks? How do you go about identifying the right people? The other side of it, you know, with all of that is, you know, and I know the question you're asking, we've talked about this before ourselves, is recruiting all the time. I'm yes. constantly recruiting. I'm constantly listening to people, you know, as I'm talking to them, I'm, I'm hearing what their heart is and what makes them tick, which is all part of that getting to know the person that you're talking to before you even bring them in. Um, so I may talk to somebody two, three, four times before I actually ever, you know, go to them and say, Hey, have you ever thought about student ministry? Um, mm-hmm. you know, so that I can come back to them and say, you know, Hey, I, we were talking the other day and you said this. Um, occasionally, I do have people that come to me and say, I am interested, which is always nice. Right. Um, it makes it a lot easier. But how I go about it, it, it recruiting is a constant thing. It's a yearly thing um, because, like you said, you're going to get some wackos. You're going to get some crazy people. And um, if anybody's listening to this, um, you know, that I haven't allowed to come in, that's probably not a good thing. But um <laughs> But, That'd be uh, amazing. <laughs> that means that you have really screwed up because they yeah. care so much about youth ministry that they would listen to a podcast exactly. when their youth pastor at their church would not even let them serve in their youth ministry. Exactly. I'm exactly. pretty sure if that is happening right now, <laughs> you are going to hell. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> I think that means that they are way more spiritual than you are. Probably so. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, recruiting all the time. Yeah. Now, do you have, do your leaders help you identify those folks? They do, actually. And that was the other piece that I was going to mention is that my leaders often will come and say, hey, have you thought about talking to this person? Or, um, you know, hey, I was talking to this person the other day and they mentioned, you know, that they saw what we did and thought that was really cool. And, you know, then they asked the question, you know, how, how do you become a leader within the student ministry? Um. And I've had I've had leaders at different times come to me and say, you know, I heard this person was going to come talk to you. I want to give you a heads up because, I, you know, not that there's any gossiping going on, but they're just coming and saying, I want you to be aware. I, I don't know that this person would fit. And this is why. And there have been a couple of times to where they've been very, very right. Um, and uh, and fortunately, you know, the other person after speaking with them, talking to them about what I expect commitment wise 
um, and everything, they they come to the realization that, you know, this probably isn't for me. Yeah, I kind of have, this is going to sound so counterintuitive, but <laughs> I kind of make it a little difficult to serve in our Absolutely. ministry. Um, I, I really like if you're going to serve in our ministry, you're, you're going to have to really go through a, a, a process that that's far beyond just like an information form mm-hmm. and a background check. I mean, I, so if somebody approaches me and says, Hey, I want to be part of your ministry, I've got a huge handbook I give them mm-hmm. and the handbook scares away most. Yes. Um, and I, fortunately, um, I, uh, I, I've never had to go the route of a handbook. Um, yeah, I, I've I've always wanted to see your handbook. I don't know that I've ever seen that, so I'd still it's like my to secret. See that. It's my secret. Yeah. but um, but I will say this: one of the things for me, and this is where I get a lot of shock from a lot of people, um, and, and even other other youth pastors, for high school, if you're going to come and and be make a commitment to serve in the high school student ministry, you you've got to make a four year commitment. You know, I understand that. You know, there are job transfers and, you know, things like that. But you have got a four-year commitment if you come into high school. If you come into middle school, you're automatically understanding, you know, you're signing the dotted line that you've got a three-year commitment, that you're going to rotate up all the way from sixth grade to eighth grade with your class, high school all the way from ninth grade uh, to twelfth grade. So your leaders follow? Yes, they follow. Okay. Mm -hmm. They sure do. Yeah, when and, I say handbook, I mean that thing is our handbook is a I think it's eighty seven pages long. Wow. Um, yeah, and it, it it looks really intimidating, but it's really not. Um, I would say I'm intimidated. I'm yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> I would say two thirds of it is like tools. Gotcha. You know, just to, hey, here's the okay the majority of the handbook i mean I, what i did is i sat down and i thought okay what's every aspect that any of my youth leaders would ever want to know and uh and then i put it in this handbook so here's how to take a role here's how to make a phone call right. to a student here's how to do an outreach visit here's i mean literally we walk through everything here's right. 10 traits of you know um today's students today's teens here's you know all these different things like that mm-hmm. and then in there also is the background check form and course there's the we have a covenant we have our our folks sign and then that kind of spells out all of that kind of doctrinal beliefs that, that you know we hold dear all of those things are explained in there but what i found is folks who are just kind of interested in serving when i hand them the handbook and say this should answer most of your questions if you have anything else let me know if they're not if they're just kind of so so interested they're yeah. not anymore exactly you know and i think because people come and think the youth ministry is going to be a fun place to serve and it is but uh, I want them to know it's a very serious place to serve. Absolutely. I like having to, to really convince people that they are capable of doing youth ministry. Those are the people I like. Absolutely. That, that yep. don't think, oh, I can do this. It's just teens. Yeah. I have found that some of my better leaders have been the ones that, that they don't necessarily have the confidence that they can be a good student leader. Yeah. Um, Me too. The ones that are saying, man, I, this is a lot more than I think I can actually handle. They seem to be the ones that, that really are, are able to, to make a difference in the students' lives and to really connect with the students. And they just love on them, man. Yep. You Absolutely. Know, they have to have Jesus. They, they come in to that place of serving out of a, de- with a dependency already that mm-hmm. it, they, they, you know, the attitude, if I'm going to do this, God's going to have to show up. 
And Absolutely. those are the folks I want. So know your people, having the right people. Okay, what are some things that you're doing to know your people? Like, what would you tell? Okay, let, let me let me give you a scenario. Yeah. You've got um, a youth pastor who's just been hired on, mm-hmm. kind of inherited a group of leaders, mm-hmm. and they've got to get to know these folks. What we do, um, it's been really good. I mean, first of all, I, I'm continually trying to communicate with my leaders, whether it be you know, text messages or, you know, email, you know, personal emails, cards, uh, telephone calls, lunch, you know, all whatever it is, those kinds of things so that we're um, in constant contact with these people and and outside the church, um, you know, in their world, if you will, Um, because it sometimes it's complicated for, you know, them to, you know, Take, you know, they only may have a 30 minute lunch or something. So it's easier for me sometimes to go to them and, and yeah. have lunch with them or do those things. Um, so getting to know them in those ways, if their kids have, you know, ball games or events that, you know, ban, whatever it is that they're involved in to be a part of that with them. So in a sense, really, um, doing life together what? Um, is the, it, yeah, I know it's amazing, isn't it? Um, <laughs> We we do that. All of us, you know, we do life together. If somebody has surgery, it's, you know, the student ministry leadership is taking care of the student ministry leadership. Yeah. Um, you know, um, just today, I'll brag on my wife a little bit. Um, and, and really, over just the past two weeks, two of our leaders, is, one of them was in the hospital. Um, my wife's a nurse. One of them was in the hospital, and she actually uh, went by and was checking on her. Uh, and everything after her shift, she came home, she got cleaned up, we all had dinner. And then she went back to the hospital later that night to help with, you know, some things um, for that leader and to get her situated. The other thing, you know, again, was uh, another one of our leaders this week, uh, just the beginning of this week had surgery. And, um, you know, Kara was down there and, you know, helping them. And then today, um, you know, she went up and help get their dinner started, uh, for them this morning. Um, and, and, and I, I say I'm bragging on my wife, but really all of my leaders, um, we're always helping each other with our kids, you know, just different things, checking on each other. So it's not just necessarily me, it's building that community and to, you know, to hurt with each other, to laugh with each other, you know, all those things. So in general, just doing life together, um, every, every other week, um, we, uh, I discovered this er- very early on uh, when I started was my leadership. They were serving and then they were going to church. So there was no small group community for them outside of their fusion class. Um, so we created a uh, Saturday night um, uh, every two weeks uh, fusion class just for our leadership. And it's total family. Everybody comes. Their kids come. Um, the kids watch the kids while we have our time to have our Bible study and uh, communicate, you know, and talk and share. So that's the big thing with us. Man, that's so awesome. And I think I think there's two reactions to that. I think folks listen and say, oh, my gosh, that would never work at our church. And then at the same time, everybody kind of thinks, oh, but that would be so good. You know, and so I think what you're describing is. A, a culture that is built, right? Absolutely. And so how Absolutely. long you've been there? Nine years? Nine years. And how long did it take you to really, to really build and establish that? Um, 
I mean, you had an advantage a little, I guess, because you knew some of them already. I did know some of them when I first came back, which was definitely an advantage, um, you know, because we had been here for so long. Um, several of us were young married couples when when we first came back, uh, Kara and I, um, as a married couple. But um, when I came back, I would say it probably took a good, I'm going to say three years, four years before the the true value of that was established. There are still some leaders that, uh, um, that I have now that they do come, um, but they can't come on a regular basis because of, you know, different things, uh, scheduling conflicts, which there's no pressure for anybody saying you have to be there. But inevitably I have those leaders that come back to me that, that aren't able to come on a regular basis. They're like, man, I feel like I, you know, I just don't know what's going on right now. And, um, what they're essentially saying is, is I miss everybody. Um, you know, I, I miss hanging out with everybody. Yeah. Um, so, um, which it's also helped our students as well, because what happens is on Sunday, just like the students, you know, they see each other, you know, once, maybe twice a week at church. The leaders, you know, they're only seeing each other once or maybe twice a week during church, um, you know, to corporately. So now what happens, because we have this extra meeting that's just us as leadership, what happens is when they come on a Sunday or on a Wednesday, they're not necessarily hanging out with just themselves, um, trying to catch up. They're actually engaging right. with the students because they've had that opportunity to see each other. That's such a good point. That is such a good point. I think everybody has had that situation where all of your leaders mm-hmm. are kind of bundled together in the back, talking amongst themselves, catching up mm-hmm. while all the students kind of sit and, uh, man, that's so good. I know when we started, um, maybe, maybe a few months ago, we really started using Slack, um, for us to, as a communication type tool that, that has really helped a lot in, uh, with us just kind of that communicate. I find communication really more than anything else seems to build community. Absolutely. Uh, people just knowing what's going on. It yep. really seem seems to help. And that, that's been, that's been really good, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so glad you said, you know, that three or four years, I, I would have guessed that. Yeah. I would have guessed that. And man, here's the thing. You know why most guys don't have, most youth pastors don't have community amongst their leaders? It might be because they're not there that long. <laughs> that's right. That's, <laughs> that's sort of because they don't stay long enough. Exactly. And so I think what happens, tell me if this is true. It, it seems like for me, what happens is, and, and here's why I would have guessed three years, because Something happens in that time. I, I just, I just spoke about this on the podcast, and I've written about this on the blog. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a point of conflict there around the two to three year mark, mm-hmm. two two and a half years. I think as you come out of that as a youth pastor with your youth leaders, it's it's that kind of that conflict, whatever that is, that kind of binds you together, right? And that's kind of what all of a sudden you come out of that and you have this amazing sense of community. Sure. Because you've walked through that and worked through that together. Absolutely. That's so good. Okay, so know your know your people. Um and within that, you know, having the right people with with each other is really mm-hmm. important. What else would you say? Um the I would say really the the third big thing is just the commitment. Um I think with a true understanding of what the commitment is and communicating that clearly, they the expectation is set. Um you know, I was talking with the students about this a few Wednesday nights ago. Um, you know, when we don't know what the rules are, um, you know, 
I always use the example of driving. Everybody hates to, to hear it, you know, but when you're driving down the road, you know, the speed limit's 45 miles an hour. You know what the parameters are, um, you know, so if you go over 45 miles an hour um, on said road um, or whatever it is, you you know that there is that chance that you're outside the parameters or the rules. So, you know, knowing what the commitment is, understanding what the parameters are, um, you know, as you're, as you're going through this time, the four years or the three years, there's, it's easier because they can breathe easier. You know, um, they don't have to, they don't have to worry about, well, how long am I in for this for? And I don't have to either. Um, the students also, uh, don't have to be concerned because I, you know, the students see a lot of turnover in so many different things nowadays. If they know I've got this person for four years and I've had people say, but what if they don't connect with that leader? Um, if, if they really don't make a connection with that leader, then I, then that really does, I think, fall on me. Right. I think, I, I think I've done a poor job in bringing somebody in. Um, so understanding what the commitment is and not just the length of time, but also what my expectations are for them, you know, as a leader. And we do communicate those things. And those are things that I try to remind them of over and over and over, whether it be outreach or follow up, whether it be, you know, their commitment as far as being here on Sundays and being here on Wednesdays. Um, you know, what what all the different expectations are for being a student leader, um, you know, mission trips, trips, disciple now. Um, you know, and just communicating those things clearly. I think if, uh, if an, a clear understanding of what the commitment is, the expectation is, um, then, uh, you know, you don't have to be concerned about, you know, the, the questions of, well, I didn't know and, um, the breakdown of what then can happen, uh, within the classroom, uh, or within the ministry as a whole. Yeah. You're, you're not having to spend so much time kind of dealing with the commitment issues because that mm-hmm. was clearly laid out when you asked them mm-hmm. to come in. And that part of that is even kind of going back to, I don't back to my obsessive compulsive handbook I have. Um, that's kind of what that is, is I go through and I really explain what I'm asking them to commit to. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that's spelled out in that covenant that we asked them to sign as well. But I go so far as to break it down like per week, like here's what you would look like for different roles that we have within our student ministry. Here's an estimation of how much time this is going to take you per week, like out of your week. So it's, you know, this, this job may take an hour a week. This job's going to take you this much, you know, and it, and I even break it down like, cause I, I just, I don't know, cause I'm a nerd, I guess, but here's how much it will take you outside of Sunday. That's good though. You know, so it's been really helpful. It's probably a little over the top, <laughs> um, but. I guess if I'm going to error, that's where I would like to to move and drift to. And sure. I don't know. That's probably not necessary for everybody. But for us, it's helped a, a tremendous amount um, mm-hmm. within that. And and it really begins the conversation when we even go back to like earlier when we were talking about recruiting. It really mm-hmm. gives me a pretty good launching point for that. And we mm-hmm. – okay, so I'm the opposite of you in the sense of that commitment though because – and this this is maybe a little off topic, but – we were, when I came on staff here, they were following, they had been following, and mm-hmm. I stopped us from following. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I think that's something that we, you know, you're constantly having to evaluate, and we do, we have we have come back to that and revisited that um, 
a few times and even mm-hmm. even with our parent leadership team recently was something that we were kind of looking at and what's the pros and cons of that for us it was what you're saying like we saw a few students who just didn't connect um or they didn't they just didn't and it, it was no fault of theirs it was no fault of their leaders they just they just didn't connect and i you know we were i thought man this is uh i don't know how to help that you know you've got strong leaders you get strong students they're both great they just they're just not going to relate very well mm-hmm. you know um so we stopped from from following mm-hmm. you know there's obviously pros and, and cons to either however we still ask for that commitment that length of commitment because part of it is my thought is if you know let's say that you were my you were teaching my ninth grade class one of my ninth grade classes just because the student is now in 10th grade doesn't mean they can't come back to you and talk to you if you're you know what I'm saying if you, um so there's Absolutely. there's there's still a connection there oh yeah and i definitely i still have leaders that you know have come through a a rotation um you know of student ministry um that you know or have said hey i need to just take a sabbatical um you know uh some time away um you know and just refuel myself you know just in general yeah and um they still have connections with students you know i and they'll contact me and say hey i just want you to know um, you know, I met with so-and-so or, or whatever, um, which is good, um, because it keeps me informed of what's going on. And, and, you know, at the same time, they've got those connections where they're seeing people still outside of, you know, the student leadership and the student ministry, um, you know, as people that they can trust and that they can communicate with and talk to. And do you find that having that sense of community among your leaders do you think that helps you keep leaders like longer than their commitment? Absolutely. Um, uh, we've had several of our leaders that have um, that have come all the way through and rotated back down. I was trying to think. Um, I, I mean, we've got uh, we just Sunday uh, we had a leadership meeting, and uh, one of our leaders that uh, obviously was he started coming to Wildwood. Uh, when Kara and I came back as a married couple um, and we were figuring that up and he actually, he's been teaching in student ministry at Wildwood for um, 18 years. Wow. Um, And is a great leader um, does, I mean, connects with the students is a fantastic teacher, supportive of me and the ministry here. Um, You know, and that's an extreme example, but I have uh, other people, uh, um, I've got another one of my leaders that her and her husband both, and she just came to me Sunday and said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be moving back down, uh, with my students, uh, or, or to another group of students. Um, and this will be her third rotation, wow. um, of students that she's seen graduate. Well, and I think the thing here too, is you can't really ask your, cause I'm a big advocate too, for the commitment stuff, you know, um, you can't really like you're saying in the, in the context of what you're saying, like, hey, I'm I'm asking you to commit for three years or two years, or I'm asking you to commit to to four years. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really ask your leaders to commit to that if you're not gonna be there. Oh, absolutely. You know, and so absolutely, you you kind of everything kind of comes back to that, and 
I mean, that's that's my big soapbox that I stand on. And well, and it's a good one to stand on. Um, you know, you and I've had that conversation. It, you know, just as you're beginning to break down walls, uh, you know, after that 18 month, you know, time frame, you know, and then you're you're starting to get, well, what am I going to do? These ideas that I have, you know, I I don't have them anymore, and I'm getting nervous because I don't really know what to do. A lot of guys, you know, I think you and I've said this and this might be a little off topic, too, but, you know, they move on. um, And as they move on, I think part of the reasoning is that is they can go back and use the same ideas that they were sure um, using at the other church. Yeah, just recycle Um, it. Right. So absolutely. Until the same problems come. And then they move somewhere else. Absolutely. Let me ask you personally, as you know, as far as being the youth pastor, your family, how how does having a strong sense of community among your leaders help you? It helps a lot. Um, you know, I, it, again, my son is in the student ministry now. My daughter's got about another year before she'll be up. You know, it, it for my for my children um, that that I trust um, as far as teaching them and leading them, giving a different voice that they'll hear from. Uh, you know, uh, making sure that that those people, again, that I have in place that are going to speak into their life are actually people that are going to give them good godly wisdom. Um, and, um, you know, and for my wife, having a group of ladies that uh, um, that I know pray for her and, you know, reach out to her and care about her, um, you know, her health, her well-being, you know, you know, all those things as well. It's, it's huge for me. Um, you know, yeah. I've seen my student ministry team step up as I've been, you know, out of the country, uh, on mission trips, different things. Um, you you're, know, you're and, a little accident uh, prone. Uh, well, and I was going to mention that as well. Um, <laughs> times that I've had to have surgery, stupid things, um, you know, where they have stepped up and they've taken care you know, of my wife and made sure you know, that my wife and my kids are okay, you know, cutting our grass, you know, doing different things. So it, um, having that community in place, you know, is, is a comforting thing, knowing that they're there, um, you know, for me and my family. Yeah. That's so good. That's Mm -hmm. so good. So, um, how, if folks wanted to get in touch with you and find Mm -hmm. you out there in the, the world of online ish places, where would they find you? Um, I am, uh, on Facebook, um, which is just Terry Huey. Um, so you can look me up there. Um, you can also, uh, look me up, uh, on Twitter, which is also just, uh, Terry Huey. You are so creative. I, I know it's, it's, you must here, be a youth pastor. I, I must be. Um, and then the, uh, the, the crazy one, uh, would be the, um, Instagram page. You can look me up on it, uh, through, uh, Hugh Dog. Um, H-U-E-D-O-G. That stuck with me from college. It's just one of those things. I feel like there's a story that's probably not appropriate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so I can be found those ways. Uh, or uh, they can they can email me at uh, thuey at wildwoodbaptist.org. Cool. And do you have a resource you throw out? Yeah. Um, the two things... Um, that I would recommend. Uh, they are things that I go back to quite frequently. Um, the first one is your first two years in youth ministry, uh, which is by Doug Fields. Um, great book, great resource. Yeah. Um, 
And then the other one, uh, which I think I had mentioned to you, was um, Youth Ministry That Transforms. And uh, it's one of those books, like I said, is uh, is really and truly just a, uh, it, it's a lot of information. It's just information. But it's a, it's a good book that I go back to quite frequently. Yeah, sometimes those are the best. Sometimes those are the best. Okay, and then one other thing that I want to mention here before we're done is this week. So if you're listening to this podcast, you know, at, in real time, um, this, this podcast will, um, will launch, will be, yeah, will launch, um, in April, on April 23rd. So it's a Thursday. And so beginning today for a week. So only a week, we'll be doing a giveaway through the blog. That's going to be some youth ministry books there and uh, as well as a, a, a moleskin journal because nice. I just like them. I'm kind of a junkie. So personalize that a little bit uh, with some, it, it says on the front, it says youth ministry is real ministry. Mm. Yeah. You ever had somebody say that to you? I can't wait to see what God does in your ministry one day. Absolutely. Oh, I love man, that. I, just, I love that comment. I just cringe. So uh, I started to put, I am a real pastor. That's the other one. That's but I thought that might be, you couldn't carry that in a staff meeting. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> so we changed it. So it says youth ministry is real ministry on it. And then, uh, and then you have this amazing little side deal you do, which Thank I'm you. totally jealous of. It's like the most manliest craft, <laughs> crafting thing that you could ever do. You've got this lathe down in your basement and you do woodwork. Absolutely. And you make incredible stuff. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm so I'm so jealous. I have no practical skills in life. That's why I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> and and so uh, you're going to do a, a pen and pencil, like a yep. wooden pen and pencil, hand turned on the lathe there. And mm-hmm. uh, man, they're sweet. They're super sweet. I'm I'm almost jealous of the person who's going to win it because <laughs> uh, if you get if you win the prize and the pen and pencil isn't in there, I may well, have forgotten to pack it. I may have forgotten to pack it. So you can go, you can go on to the longer hall. You can go to thelongerhall.com slash giveaway. And that will, um, that'll take you there to the page where you can, you can sign up and, and for that giveaway. And so for the next week, we'll run that and then we'll, we'll send something out. I'll let you know who won, um, at the end of next week. Um, and, but if they want to find your woodworking stuff, I want you mm-hmm. to mention that. That's, you're on Facebook there, right? Uh, it's on Facebook there as well. Um, and they can look it up under turned. By design. Super. Yeah. So you can look that up. And cool. And I'll have links to that in the show notes, all the resources that they're mentioned, and especially um, that. And I'm, I'm pumped about the giveaway, man. I'm, so Very cool. Books I love that I read and mention and recommend mm-hmm. all the time will be. So um, books there. And then, man, a Moleskin Journal, you just. I have a, I have a problem, man. I'm not going to lie. I have like. <laughs> I hoard those things. You can't go wrong with that. That's I know, okay. but I don't really ever write in them. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I have like probably eight of them scattered around my house, and I get them, and I'm so pumped about them, and then I, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what to write in them, and I don't want to start writing in them because I'm going to mess them up. Wow. I know. What is my problem, man? It's so. I'll get you one for Christmas, and I'll just scribble in it a little bit. So that yeah, if you the... could kind of tear it a little bit, yeah, and it's not all yeah. good. Yeah, I'm. I have a. I have a. I'm a journal junkie. Wow. So, so sad. So sad. So anyway, <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, man, and sharing. This is good stuff. And thank you. I know folks listening will find it really helpful and really encouraging. And 
Uh, I'm excited to see who wins your stuff, dude. Yeah, I'm excited to see that too. That's cool. It's really good. Well, thanks, man. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. Well, all right, there you have it. Man, a great interview. Terry is a phenomenal youth pastor. Really such an, um, just a testimony of longevity. And his ministry certainly bears the fruit of that, of just sticking around in one place and really reaping the reward of that. And his leaders are rock solid. And the community that they have is, man, just so, so rich and so, so good. So I hope you found that encouraging and helpful. All Again, just all the links there that we mentioned, the resources will be uh, in the show notes page at thelongerhaul.com slash episode 016. Especially when I head over there again to jump in for the giveaways. So there's two giveaways there. So double the chances to win. We're doing one through the blog and one for the podcast. So you can go there to the show notes page, find links for both of those and instructions on how to enter to win. So some books there, a cool, really cool journal, personalized moleskin journal for you. And then Terry's uh, offering up a pen and pencil, uh, mechanical pencil there that's, uh, man, hand-turned on a lathe. Super cool, super cool. And then, of course, for the podcast, giving away a $100 gift card to Amazon. And so enter to win both. Man, I hope you win it and use it for your ministry and just for furthering you, for encouraging in that. And I hope you'll really take what you've heard here today when it comes to building community and really start to apply some of these things and start to really be more intentional about that. If you've got folks serving with you, they desperately need the community um, and you're there to pour in and invest in them. So make sure you do that. And that'll do it, man. That'll put it in the books for us today. So until next time, we'll see you in the next episode. And until then, give them Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.